0: You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Love Your Practice. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, and today I had an amazing interview with a wonderful woman named Jodi Pearson. And Jodi is what she calls a conversionologist. And let me just explain what I mean by that. Basically, she has been in dentistry and so many different roles, including management and assisting and consulting and she has learned the soft skill of communication, whether it be with our employees or with our patients. And we're just really focusing on leadership this year and vision and and really getting our minds straight about who we are as leaders. And I found that Jodi had a very unique and wonderful story to tell with examples of how we can lead our people better. So I hope that you enjoy this fascinating conversation with Jodi Pearson. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Have a wonderful day. Okay, I would like to welcome to our program, Jodi Pearson. Jodi, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hey, thank
1: you so much for having me, Laura. It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm all about what you're all about. And I want to lift each other up and women in dentistry.
0: Yeah. So you and I met in a course, um, a week or two ago, and it was just very obvious we're aligned Mm -hmm. when we started talking. And, um, I discovered that you have a rich amount of experience that I think can, um, can really improve the understanding in the lives of female dental practice owners. So thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. So why don't you start? So the reason that we're having you on is because you have a lot of experience managing dental employees, right? And you were telling me about some of the lessons that you have learned over the years of being that manager. And so what I want to hear from you is kind of like let's start with what you thought it was going to be like. So go back in your mind to when you got promoted to being a manager, what were your expectations? And what did you find out about managing dental employees?
1: Well, the first thing that I thought was, oh, how fun I'm going to be able to, you know, uh, teach people how to be successful, you know, how to get that patient to show up. And I would be more in charge of or aligned with uh, mentoring, where before that I was just I want to say on the same level playing field as they were we we're all doing our own thing but i wasn't really responsible for you know holding them accountable for things as a manager would and should so changing from that type of position to being a manager um i thought oh gosh this will be fun i'll be able to say hey let's go sit down and let's talk about you know how you can improve on this you know way you word this and that and the other thing and honestly, it just, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> what is that I, I was once like a peer and now they kind of shut me out because I was now different. You know, I wasn't necessarily somebody to go have lunch with anymore mm-hmm. and uh, everything shifted around and nobody told me that that was going to happen or mm-hmm. anything. So I was really kind of thrown into this idea that I didn't quite understand how it was gonna work. And it was very, very uncomfortable. Especially when I knew that things needed to be improved upon and I didn't have that doorway to go through. It just was not open to me or to them because nobody really understood.
0: Yeah, so I'm just gonna like coach speak that for a second because I'm gonna, what I wanna do is kind of get into your brain and explain using our understanding of how brains work, why that was so uncomfortable for you. Because we have this need as humans and our brains recognize this need as sort of like an evolutionarily beneficial thing for us to be a part of our pack, okay? So we're in the pack and everything's going great, And then you get promoted to be a leader of the pack. And what we find out is being the leader is lonely. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And and all of a sudden we're getting these um, cues and our data is coming in and we're getting cues that our brain is interpreting as you're in danger of not being in the pack anymore. And so that feels terrible (laughs) because your brain is trying to get you to do what it thinks is good for your survival. And it's, and it's seeing these, of uh, these um, hints that you're not in the pack. And so every time you see people going out to lunch with you, without you or getting together outside of dental or, or, you know, having their little side conversations, your brain doesn't like those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: couldn't have said it better, Laura, <laughs> the way you interpreted what I just said is really amazing. And that's what I love about and appreciate about you
0: hmm It's just so nice to be able to put it into context and understand why it's uncomfortable. And for anybody who's listening right now, I just want you guys to know, I know that when you own a dental practice and you're the leader, it can be very isolating. And I just want you to know it's not necessarily because your employees don't believe in you and love your leadership. It's just we, we get ourselves into a position that our brain doesn't like. We can handle it, especially if we put it into perspective. But that's one of the things that I learned that was kind of uncomfortable too. Like I honestly thought that my employees would be sort of like my sisters or my best friends, you know, and, and I do, I love my employees so much. I care about each of them, but I'm not in their club. Right. And that's okay. Right. That's good. Yeah.
1: And yes, uh, a sense of loneliness and separation definitely mm-hmm. took place. Yeah. And, and I learned later, as you did, that it, it, I needed to be coached. I needed to learn how to do that. Now, not everybody's like that, but I'm kind of an emotional person. You know, I, I like to be liked, if I can say that. And um, it's important to me that mm-hmm. people want to be around me and enjoy my company. Mm-hmm. And that when that gets separated, it, it just doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, I kind of get this extra extrovert vibe from you. Like, like really extrovert. Am I right? Do you like making friends yes, I'm and out. asking questions? Not a
1: lot. Yeah. I just have certain people. But my my vibe is yes. I want to connect. I'm I actually one of my Clifton strengths. The first one is connectedness. Oh, I love that. So I do want to connect. So when I feel disconnected, guess what? So that's something that you as a coach would, would certainly be able to walk me through.
0: Yes, yeah. Students. What else did you find challenging when you first started being a manager instead of a part of the club?
1: Um, well, when it came time to actually, you know, someone's on their cell phone a lot and that goes against the policy and mm-hmm. it's, it's not fair to the other employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I was just working uh, with a client the other day who I was was had was supposed to set time aside to work with me, and she said, "Oh God, the phone's ringing, and so and so is on the other line on the phone with her son." Mm-hmm. You know that's so uncomfortable for the team member. She, mm-hmm. I could hear it in her voice that she was feeling deflated, that she wasn't feeling supported by her team because she needed to work. Uh, with me on some things. And I I felt the whole sense of it from her. So it's super important that, uh, you know, everybody needs to know what the policies are and to be held accountable for the policies. And so that was the hardest thing for me is to say, hey, you know, you can't really be on your cell phone during work hours or unless it's an emergency and so forth because I just didn't really know how to express that. I didn't have the tools or the paperwork, which I later learned how to use to Mm -hmm. express that and support everybody on the team in the same way.
0: Yeah, and so what you're telling me is that you ran into a situation and probably cell phones is an example of it, but there were probably others too, where there was a situation where uh, the productivity was being compromised by employees, either misunderstanding or disregard Mm -hmm. to what the policy was, or maybe a lack of policy at first. I don't know. I mean, I sometimes run into lack, a lack of clear definitions of what's expected and what's not. And it's funny because as a leader, I think to myself, well, you know, I shouldn't have too many rules and I want them to like me. So I'm going to leave it vague so that, you know, and And that's what my brain is telling me, but actually what I've learned as a leadership coach is that clear is kind. Mm -hmm. The more clear you are, the more obvious you make it about what you expect. It's easier for the employees to know what they're supposed to do to be successful and make you happy.
1: Right. No one should be guessing what is going on. And that's Mm -hmm. something I learned when I was hired in a certain position and when I was hired. Uh, my employer said you'll. You should never feel surprised if we have a conversation about something that I expected from you, and that isn't happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I may call you in as a reminder, but there's a good, there's a good, not a good chance that you're going to be surprised because I will lay out my expectations to you. So mm-hmm. if I need to call you in, you'll know that I'm referring back to that expectation. So it, clear communication, documentation, and having things in writing is. Is critical, and it's just an easier path to communication. And so we'll we'll talk about that when you're ready.
0: Yeah. So let me give me an example of how you tried <clears throat> to correct an employee's behavior when you were a newbie manager before you learned about this way of being clear and and documenting things. So give me an example of how you would say now not to do it. How I would have said then or how I would have said now? How you would, how you did it before that okay. you wouldn't do now.
1: The First thing that happened is the, the feeling. Okay. The feeling of, oh God, I have to tell her, you're not supposed to be on your phone. How do I communicate that? You know, so the feeling of confidence just was, wasn't there. Yeah. So that's where it started. And so obviously because I wasn't feeling right or comfortable with it it's not gonna come across well, it's just not. It's gonna come out wrong, you know? So uh, so how I would do it was I would, you know, after the phone call ended, I would call so-and-so in and say, Hey, you know, we really shouldn't be on the phone during work hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was it. So that really is not effective. It sort of come across as my opinion maybe, or, you know, we really shouldn't do that. So you probably shouldn't do that. So it was just a very weak uh, way to communicate. And and then I was left feeling worse. Right. And ineffective, ineffective.
0: Okay, so let's just, this is the perfect example. Thank you so much for that little story because it fits so well into how I coach my ladies to lead. Because basically, so... Our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions drive our action, right? And your thought was, oh God, here we go. I got to correct her. And that made you feel, what did you say? Inadequate.
1: Inadequate. I didn't have confidence. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I felt even worse because I felt like I failed at what I was supposed to
0: do. Right. And when you felt inadequate, then when it was time to make the correction, you were kind of apologetic and not real specific. And
1: just. the next time it came up, those feelings came back. Yes. I would start procrastinating.
0: Yeah. So let's put this off. I don't really want to do it. So that would also be in your action column from the inadequacy feeling you put off correcting the employees. And I will tell you right now, women who work in dental offices as a whole are very socially intelligent. So if they see you feeling inadequate, they're gonna pick up on that yeah. and know that it's really not that strong of a policy. And you know, if I need to, then maybe I'll get it out, the has the cell phone out or whatever. So I just that's like thank you for for telling that story because it fits in perfectly with my model. And actually that reminds me, um, I have a guide for, um, for how to correct your employees with gratitude. And it goes into this, um, this watching your own feelings first before you pull your employee in. So if there's anybody listening that wants that guide, <clears throat> just send me an email, Dr. Laura Mach, DDS at gmail.com. And I can, um, send you the, the. Um, the guide for how to correct your employees. <clears throat> All right. So back to Jody.
1: So I want to just add to the end of that, you know, when you procrastinate, what happens, it just builds in the stress. And yes. then eventually you start losing sleep because you know, you haven't done what you should have done. It's going to keep going on. It's just like a vicious circle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And you never get rid of that inadequate feeling because now you see that you've been procrastinating it. Mm-hmm. So it's like proof that you're right, that you can't do it.
1: Right. And then another issue comes up, you know, someone's late. So now you have that one on top of this one. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's really important to get on it right away when it happens. So that it's fresh in the employee's mind, it's fresh in our mind. Uh, and this emotional, it, uh, not being confident, it just ruins everything. On <laughs> you know, just,
0: so how did you learn to do it right, Jodi? Was it trial and error? Did you take a class? Teach us
1: yes please um i actually uh got some work for uh, coaching from an hr specialist okay and the hr specialist would talk me through every scenario i mean i was like a little baby i would say well she did this and she said that and you know okay jody this is what you do so the first thing i learned was that you have to have a clean clear job description What is expected of that person? And when you become, like, let's say that for myself, when I became a manager, the first thing that I should have done was had one-on-one meetings with each and every employee that I was managing to go over their job description and make sure that they understood what was being expected of them. Because lo and behold, they'll say, well, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. Or I don't really know how to do that. Mm -hmm. And so that is setting yourselves up for success, getting to know your employee versus the job description, finding out where they need to be coached. And in the long run, this kind of reduces, definitely reduces the odds for them to not meet the expectations. And then of course, if they don't, you have that to refer back to. So my favorite thing uh, about having that piece of information was it took me out of it. Like it's not me. It's, mm-hmm. job, it's what the job requires to make this business a success. So I was able to take myself out as a manager, so to speak. And, and I put myself in as a coach, more like, okay, let's sit down and review this together. Let's see how I can help you. And the other piece of information, Laura, was the office policy. So you have a job description, which is very specific and unique to the actual job. And then you have the office policy, which is going to talk about tardy and attendance and cell phones and all of that. So you have both of those pieces of documents or to refer back to, and I would pull them out and give them a copy and say, Hey, let's go over these things together. You know, this is a reminder that, you know, that we don't want to get on the cell phone, internet and things like that. You know, you're, if it's an emergency, please let me know just come on over and say, you know, I have to take this call. My daughter, such and such, you know, I have no problem with that. Okay. And, and, but if it's abused, then you have the policy to refer back to. Now the third piece is that you have documentation in terms of there are some steps that you can follow, which are start with a verbal coaching, right? Now the verbal coaching is just, Hey, you know, I think I got called in one time for, I made a mistake and I emailed something with PHI. And I told on myself, I go, oh, I I just emailed something and it had PHI and it was outside of the company. And so the IT director and the CEO called me in and said, you know, Jody, this isn't a bad thing. But, you know, we know that this happened and we just want to make sure you understand this shouldn't happen. You know, they're going to tell me what I already know. And what I learned was that uh, that's their job. Yeah, so that's really important to for me as an employee to understand. Well, that's their job. I they know I already know that they already know I made a mistake, but their job is to document it that they did, you know, just double check and make sure I understood it. So that's something that you can go in with is, hey, I just want to double check. I, I'm pretty sure you already know this, but you know, the office and I would always make sure that I have a copy of what I'm talking about because it's in writing right there. And the job description, when you review that with them, they will take, you need to give your employees time to sit down in a corner somewhere and read it. Mm-hmm. That's something that we don't provide to our employees is the time to really let things sink in, let them develop their questions and so forth. So, uh, so that and the office policy, both, they need to have a half an hour, however much time, close the door and let them read it and please come back to me with any questions that you might have. And that's a continuation of the same meeting. And then they sign both of those documents and they go on the employee file.
0: So when, um, when you got called in by your manager, I just love this because it's another example of how kindness means being clear. And when you pull an employee aside, we don't have to feel guilty or sorry or inadequate when we are able to say to ourselves, this isn't me being mean, this is me showing them what's expected. And it, when you change your thoughts about what you're doing, then you can feel confident and do the correction in a way that's better for the employee and certainly feels better to the manager too.
1: And ultimately, I learned that my job was to, I'm going to go back to the HR really quickly, because, you know, I had a full job, I had a 40 hour a week job, and now I have to babysit. That's kind of how I felt. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, what a hassle. Can't this person just stay off their cell phone? Because it's repeating. And now I have to do this again. So yes. it, it felt like it was pulling me away from all the things that I love to do and that i shined at, you know, like Dennis would will, will love to make your smile beautiful, but now in the back of your mind, you're going to have to call Sally in and coach her and that just drags you down. So the point for me was, uh, oh, and I went, when I went to HR, I said, you know what? It's, it's keeping me from doing my job. And she looked at me and she said, Jody. That is your job <laughs> I love that. like that. And I went, oh. okay. I need to get this, figure out how to do both. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, that being said, um,
0: uh, I kind of forgot where, we, where I was there. What was your last question? I don't remember either. But while you were talking, I, it, it reminded me of a thought that my clients and I play around with a lot. Cause we're always, we're crafting thoughts in our mastermind. We're thinking of ways that we want to think about something. And one thing that we say to ourselves a lot is I'm creating a practice that I want to work in. Mm. And that makes a feeling of maybe excitement or anticipation, maybe hopefulness. And it helps me and my ladies do the things that maybe we would have procrastinated before, like correcting our employees, because we want to create that thing where we walk in every day and we just love it. And -hmm. we don't have to resent doing um, any correction because it's just part of what we do because we've created a practice that we want to work in. And
1: a system for that. And you have to have a system,
0: yes. Yes,
1: Again, it just took all the emotion out of it. I want, I want to retract that. The only emotion I had remaining was, "Oh, I get. I'm going to call so and so in today.
0: I'm going to help them." Yeah. So, what would be the name of that emotion, Jody? Because you just gave me a thought. But when you think to yourself, "I'm going to call them in and I'm going to help them," what does that feel like? What's a one-word name of that emotion? Is it helpful?
1: That emotion is. I have one word lead. Lead? Lead. The reason. And leading. Mm -hmm. Lead them to success. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, being late is going to affect your teammates this way. Yeah. You know, that's not necessarily in the policy, but you get to interpret the policy in a way that is on your heart and you want your practice to honor, your people to honor. So I would say, what can we we do about that? Is there something that you can do about that? And Mm -hmm. always, there's always that question in every conversation, no matter what it is, if it's cell phone or whatever it is, so what do you think you can do about that?
0: Mm -hmm. And let
1: them decide. And what they might say is, you know, I'll just, I'll make sure that my cell phone is off between, unless I'm on break. What a great idea. See, so they're offering their own solution. I'm asking them to give me a solution. So I'm not making up a solution. So for example, what difference would it be if I said, why don't you turn your cell phone off between breaks? How would that be?
0: You know, then you get objections instead of.
1: So anything that comes up, we want to say, what can I do to help? Or, what can you do about the situation? So, let's say that, well, you know, I didn't know that, um, I didn't know how to, how to handle that collection call. Mm-hmm. And let's say the employee got upset and maybe, you know, went off on the, on the, the patient and you kind of could tell, you know, uh, you don't want them to be spoken to that way. -hmm. So you want to call them? Hey, I just kind of I overheard and observed. This is just a a talk, not necessarily a coaching, but something you definitely don't want your patients to hear. So we can give this, give them some different words to use, give them some training. But you have to be able to give them time to learn. Sometimes just saying do it this way is not enough. There's a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different steps. So I think that one of the things that we lack as leaders in the dental office is <clears throat> providing the employee time to learn. Time to learn. You're they're just kind of thrown in a yeah. lot of times, and then you're like back paddling, you know. So it's just really important that they're given the time. And I needed the time to learn how to manage. I needed the time. I wasn't able to just boom, turn around and do it. There were steps involved. There were different scenarios involved. And I was able to go and give every single scenario, you know, how do I word this? How would, you know, but, but they're going to say this in my mind, if I say this, they're going to say that, how do I get over that?
0: Yeah. So this brings up a point that I want to make that I have learned over the years is so important. I have owned my dental practice now for 13 years. And I know, yay, (laughs) when I first bought it, I thought that it was the most productive to have my employees generating fees all the time that they were in there. All the time that they were at work, they needed to be delivering patient care, okay? And what I learned over time is that we need time to develop our systems, to practice how we talk to patients, to talk to each other about problems that we've had in the week or the month and how we want to address it in the future. And what I learned is this development time is vital. Yes. Or you just create a practice that bends to this or it bends to that. And it, and it, it becomes, how do I say this? You know, those dancing men that are in front of the car lots, with the wind, you know, and it's kind of Shaking around. And so, you know, the, the patient calls and they say, I just want my free cleaning or the employee comes in and they say, I want to leave early because my kid has a soccer game. And the owner becomes this or the manager becomes this uh, blowy man thing you know what I'm talking about. And in order to become a ship that's going in one direction, you have to stop seeing patients sometimes. Because you cannot make plans and improve things when you have a human in your chair who's trying to deal with the fact that you're going to drill on their teeth. So you send the patients home, lock the door, turn off the phones, and talk about how the practice runs.
1: You know, something that comes to mind when you say that, Laura, is there's a book out there called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I believe that's the name of it. So- <laughs> And in the book, the main context is that men compartmentalize. I'm not going to say that's true for everybody, but this is kind of the idea of the book. Mm -hmm. And so men will have uh, uh, one thought and then they'll finish that thought and then they'll jump into the next box. So let's say that you have like a a big box with all these little boxes in it, and they'll just jump into that box. And that's all they're thinking about. Yep. What's in that box. Now, women are more like spaghetti. where they're in one box, but they have all this other stuff going on from all these other boxes in their heads. So what I learned from that is it's like you said, it's very important to stop doing dentistry, get into a different box and, and, and focus on that. And that's what I love about team meetings. Team Mm -hmm. meetings is because let's say you have a new system that you want to implement. Everybody says, okay, great. Anytime that you start a new system when it goes live there are going to be questions it's just not going to be black and white so it's an ongoing living breathing thing every system that you have and you want to have an open door policy where you know or or office team members can count on the fact that oh I'll I'm going to write this down and I'm going to bring this up at our meeting that's coming up if it's something that can wait. So being able to look forward to the, you know, being able to vent or bring up their own idea or this scenario, what do we do if that happens? Because it's always changing, like I call it a living, breathing thing. So those, and then employee activities are crazy good. I mean, here's a good example. And I'm talking about team morale. I know I'm getting a little off topic, is that okay?
0: No, I would love to hear some ideas for team morale building, because I think we could use that in our office too. And, you know, we, like I said, we get so focused on patient care that we forget about the humans who are helping us with that. And they have feelings too. So let's, let's talk about that for a minute.
1: Morale Is really, I think the foundation to everything.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: If, If we have a good team camaraderie, Everyone is more willing to listen to each other. They're more willing to make changes about what's happening. They're not so defensive, maybe. So uh, a schedule of team activities is super important. And that can actually take take the place of a team meeting, you know, business Mm -hmm. about, you know, let's improve on that. Hey, you know, once a month, if we have weekly team meeting, once a month, we're going to just play a game. Yeah. We're just going to play a game and uh, like a game could be you could google them or whatever but i'm sure the team can come up oh there's going to be team members who go oh yeah i have a dice game that i want us to play and i have this little (laughs) play dictionary or whatever and uh one of them is like uh tell the truth or are you lying or telling the truth so you say three things and two of them are the truth and one of them is a lie and the team has to guess which one is the lie
0: Uh uh-huh
1: did okay so like did you I climbed Mount Whitney. I've been in Dental for 35 years. I have 12 kids, you know, whatever it is. And then <laughs> they get to It's just for fun. And then you hear, sure. I didn't know you did that, you know, oh, I didn't you river rafting. Oh, who knew? So it's, it's just really fun to have, uh, definitely put aside time for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Another thing that I like to do, this is some, one thing that I am good at is taking my team out of town for <sighs> team meetings. I mean like for, you know, like for example, I'm speaking at the Happy Dentist Retreat this summer, which by the way if you're listening, it's the if you want to look into it. It's at a resort outside of Columbus, Ohio, and there's going to be yoga and comedy and wine tasting and CE. And I'm taking my team to that and I'm speaking at it. Um, so if you you know, if you want to meet me live, that would be a fun way That's to fun. meet. But um, we've gone to the best seminar ever in Las Vegas. We've gone to several Blatchford seminars. And one time we went to the ADA meeting when it was in Hawaii. We set a goal and they totally rocked it. And then we all went to Hawaii together. So yeah, so the, that type of thing is wonderful.
1: Listening to you say that, my heart of hearts, if I were a dentist, I would be like, I wish I could do that. That sounds like so enriching for my team. I wish I could do that. And Laura, I went to your last webinar and just learning from that for me, I mean, you're you're helping female dentists, but you're helping people. And so I worked, I did a little worksheet of my own. You was, did. Yeah. I mess, so, uh, private messaged it to you. You have to look at it and see if I got it, you know. I think I could tweak it, but I private messaged it to you. But but your thing is that, you know, I wish I could do that for my team. And everything that you're about, in my opinion, is to get them to that point, to get us all to that point. What is keeping us from getting there? And how and, and let, let's understand why that's happening to you that's keeping you from getting there. So, um, yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, I've been on team trips before. It's, it's just a whole different feeling. You learn so, so much about each other.
0: Outside. You really do. And you're outside of all of your responsibilities. There's no suction to clean. There's no patients to call. There's just downtime together and maybe learning a new skill together too. It's great, but that made me think of two things I want to say. First of all, thank you for coming to my webinar. And my mission is to help these women who own dental practices have the life, have the feelings that they've worked for and deserve, but they're running into problems with their brain and they don't realize it. So I'm trying to get that message out that they can enjoy what they have right now. And then the other one is if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I wish I could take my team to Hawaii. My team totally paid for that trip on their own because I did the math with the goal that we set. We, we set a goal to start, I think it was 30 Invisalign cases. And I made sure that the lab costs were accounted for and they literally started those Invisalign cases and it got the fees for that. And that's what paid for our trip to Hawaii. So if you wanna take your team on a trip, you can set it up. It just takes a spreadsheet to figure out how much it's gonna cost. You know, what's your profit on this, this, and this. And I became a winner in that too, because we actually got so much better at Invisalign when we did that selling it. I mean, I'm still benefiting from that because they all learned how to sell the cases and we're still selling cases even though we're not saving up for Hawaii anymore. I wanted
1: to go back, if I could, to one thing about uh, team morale. Yes. I remember when I worked in the dental office, by the way, I've been in the industry 35 years, 20 of those years was in the dental office straight. Mm-hmm. And I remember the day our practice just kept growing and growing. We were adding associates and we knocked out the wall when the guy next door retired and remodeled. And I was very progressive. And I remember the day that we were told that, oh, we're not going to close for lunch We're gonna, you know, stagger our lunches. And lo and behold, our time together during lunch was dissolved. Mm -hmm. Laura, I cannot tell you how that affected us. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you gotta have those team activities.
0: Yeah, to be on time together to build the strength of the friendships.
1: Yeah, and we just kind of became strangers in a way.
0: You know, yeah. I used
1: to talk about, oh, I tell Bonnie about my daughter and my husband, you know, all these things and she would tell me, and we just never had the time to do that anymore. So yes, it's just, yes. it's good to have that time set aside.
0: Well, I'm so glad that we agree on all this stuff. Isn't it fun to talk to someone who agrees with you? Oh, I love
1: it. I love it. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you one more question before we run out of time. I might have listeners right now who are like, I totally agree with Jody, but I cannot take a bite out of this giant apple. It's like way too big for me to put in my mouth. So what would you say would be an easy way to just get started with maybe clarifying what we expect of our employees? What would you say
1: that I would do? I think the easiest thing to do would be to prepare your job description, which I mean that I'm sorry, that may not be that easy, but There are plenty of job descriptions out there for different positions that, Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, I just acquired some from somebody. So Laura, if you want me to share them with you, I'm happy to, and they can just customize them and make them their own. Yeah, well, and actually
0: they can reach out to you because um, as we discussed before we started, we're going to put your phone number and your email address in the show notes. So if somebody wants a copy of those job descriptions, they can just email you
1: wonderful that would be super uh and then the so to make to give them their job description mm-hmm. and give them time work time I don't mean take this home and read it I'm not in favor of asking employees to do work from you know off and, the clock so give yes. them time to sit and read it everybody's going to have their own you know you're going to work that out where the doctor's covered with the assistance so this person can take time to read and then uh sign it and or you wanna make sure that they give you any questions that they have. So set up a meeting. It could be like a 15 minute meeting. Each person start out with like a 15 minute. And if it needs to go longer, you can, you'll recognize that. And that's just something that you get to do. You get to meet again with this person and you kinda of wanna think of it that way because if this person is confused and not clear, my job is to help them with that you know, and answer those questions, so there may be a couple of meetings following that, the other thing is the policy that's just cut and dried where you print out that policy give them time. In in a closed door environment alone to read the policy and then you do they sign it and return it to you, Uh, however, make sure that they know that if they have any questions to let you know that doesn't necessarily need to have another meeting um,
0: to it. Do you have any suggestions of ways to make office policies? I mean, to make it in a way that's clear and also is in line with your state employment laws and in a way that the employees can read it well. I mean, where do you even start? Well,
1: I would, re- I would refer anybody to Ben Erickson, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Ben Erickson is a HR specialist. And a company. I, I actually
0: interviewed, um, oh gosh, now I can't remember her name. Um, the part owner of Ben Erickson on my podcast like 10 or 12 episodes ago.
1: Rebecca Boatman.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Anyway, but yeah, I don't the, think the that reason was, you did that is her really, name. really helpful. So everybody, you need to go back and look up that.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll put it in the show notes which episode it is. But yeah, that was a really good episode. We talked about excellent communication with your employees. And that was one that I wouldn't want to miss if I own a dental practice. And
1: you know, investing the time.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: have to take time for yourself and invest yes. in yourself. And we tend, when we get overwhelmed, we just can't think straight. I mean, if, if I'm overwhelmed and, and uh, my employer says, uh, what are you doing today? I'm My brain has been so spaghetti mm-hmm. today. I would have to actually make a list. Think about it and make a list because everything is just being thrown at me. and I'm taking. So we have to consciously, like watching this podcast or anything to learn. We have to have to commit to uh, investing our, in ourselves.
0: Yes, and, and let me. Our...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I want to add one thing to that. I totally agree. You have to have time to create these things, and I would propose. That it doesn't mean that the owner works more hours. Ladies, set aside time. You will not lose money from setting aside some of your work hours to lead your practice. Those hours are precious and they will only pay you more as you and improve.
1: Emotionally it. pay. Yes. I mean, if you get yourself aligned with your confidence in those areas, man, the sky is the limit. Feel so much time, the investment of time and whatever it might cost to get that coaching is going to return to you so many more times. So we just get so overwhelmed and we, we just, you know, we can't even think straight.
0: Sometimes we can't. And once we're in overwhelm, which is an emotion, we don't take steps to make things better. So we have to recognize, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. What thought is creating this overwhelm for me? It might be, I'm so busy. I can't do that. I'm already overworked. All of those things are not facts. They're thoughts. And since they're thoughts, that means they're voluntary. And we can look at it differently if we want to feel different. Okay, ladies, you can feel differently if you want. I
1: saw, I learned this from Laura the other day because I watched her webinar and please check out her webinar on that. That is like, what, half an hour or maybe an hour? Of almost hour. Yeah. You know, watch it during dinner. This is how you invest in yourself, mm-hmm. right? Listen to Laura's webinar and you'll go, bing, seriously. <laughs> because you had that, that emotion. Why are you having it? You know, why did I yell at that sales rep? Why did I get all worked up? And then how can I look at it differently?
0: Yes, and well, because you're free to do that if you want. Thank you for being my cheerleader. I'm going to keep you in my back pocket all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Laura. That's why I wanted to join your webinar to really, really see what you're about. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate, you know, there, I don't know many people that, well, there, I'm sure there are a lot of life coaches, but I'm yeah. to you. And you're specializing in in uplifting women in dentistry. You know that's a specialty in itself because, mm-hmm. like it or not, men and women are different, and so you're honing in on on us. And I appreciate yeah. that.
0: Well, they're my people, and I know who my people are. I'm going to help them as much as I can.
1: Wonderful.
0: Okay, so just to summarize, we are going to have a way to get a hold of Jody on the show notes. And also if you want to, um, if you want to get that correction guide from me, my email address will be in the show notes too. So you can email me and this has been a great 45 minutes, Jody. I sure appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show with me.
1: Thank you for having me, Laura. It was such a pleasure. I'm so glad we met.
0: Me too. Thank you for listening to love your practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.